This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Anne Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast with your hosts, food writer and critic from Milwaukee Magazine, the wonderful talent Anne Christensen, and me, DJ Tariq from Radio Milwaukee. On this week's edition of This Bites, we'll have a conversation with the founder of Dumpling Fest, Sherry Train, later. So stick around for that. That's happening this weekend. We're also going to talk about Buttermint Finer Dining and Cocktails. They have some changes, and we'll get into that. But uh, I want to and visit the new, as you know, we have a new hotel in, in the Deer District, uh, called the Trade Hotel. I guess I'm playing on trading players. Oh. The trade, the, the major trade, right? Okay. And they have several spots. They have a rooftop. They have a cocktail bar. They have a couple places in there. But you visit uh, their rooftop dining restaurant called Il Cervo, meaning the deer. The deer. And I wanted because uh, I, I haven't been to it, uh, and I, I want to go check it out. But I figure I, I get get your take yeah. on it and like what you got, and when you're talk about the environment and. Yeah. The whole experience there. What was that like? So I was just there recently and it's, as you know, it's new. So Mm -hmm. it's really busy. So I go into the building and um, take the elevator up. You get off the elevator and right away, Tariq, you see the, the host station. But behind them, you can see like kind of into the kitchen. Like you can see um, their fresh mozzarella and different types of charcuterie and so it's sort of you know right away they kind of tantalize you with some of these new these Mm. things that they do in-house um so they have a really beautiful very modern looking dining room Mm. i got a reservation to sit in the bar area because the dining room was full um don't they know who you are (laughs) (laughs) no So uh, the bar also has a really pretty lounge, a lot of windows. And um, around the kind of, it's sort of an L-shaped kind of patio, I guess, that uh, sort of wraps around that southeast side. So uh, that patio, I don't know that they actually serve food on the patio. I know you can take your drink out Mm -hmm. on the patio, but it is a spectacular view. Spectacular. It really, really is good. Um, because you're sort of on that corner and you're looking at, you see all the major skyscrapers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we have a lot of skyscrapers. We really kind of don't, but we're about to get one. We, we're working on one. They're working on one. But I'm just saying, you know, it's, it, you've, you've got sort of that prime view of this beautiful, our Mm -hmm. beautiful downtown. So you can't really, uh, you can't really argue with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. this place could be a dump and have that view and I'd still be like, this is pretty cool. Cool. So, okay. So you're wondering about the food, right? So they, um, I don't know if you remember this, but back when they broke ground, they were, they made this very big production out of their pizza oven and how they had to use a crane to carry the pizza oven. The hotel? Yes. So they, they brought this pizza oven up to the ninth floor. I don't know if it's from Italy, but it, 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 I mean, it is a really You're like high-end oven. do all that, it oven. should be from Italy, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's a high-end restaurant mm. here. So they brought the, the pizza oven up. And yes, they're doing these like sourdough crust, wood-fired, <laughs> I think they're wood-fired um, pizzas. 
and um, they make their pastas in-house. They also make their own fresh mozzarella there. And so, you know, they really touting that stuff. Mm. And honestly, it was it was pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a pizza? I had a pizza um, which had fresh uh, mozzarella on it and prosciutto and arugula. And um, they have this whole section full of pastas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to have one of these handmade pastas made in-house. So the one that I had was the ricotta cavatelli. So it's a wild boar ragu with kale, uh, parmesan, and then that kicker ingredient that I didn't. I was eating this pasta and I was like, oh, this is really has a really rich ragu mm -hmm. and it has this little bits of smokiness, crunchy smokiness. And I'm like, these are cacao nibs. Oh, wow. And I actually didn't even notice it before on the menu listed. But when I was eating it, I was like, there are cacao nibs in this. <laughs> but it made the ragu extra rich. It mm. really brought out the full bodied flavor of that wild boar, I thought. Wow. So that was a delicious dish. Now, I didn't go whole hog and order like their whole brand. You went wild boar. And I went whole wild. <laughs> I went wild boar. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of other things I really want to try. Um, yeah, I was looking at the menu. Uh, they got rockaberry sourdough, uh, this mofaldi, which is dry-aged beef bolognese. I almost got that. ricotta and yeah. parmesan. That really sounds good. They have a squid ink gnocchi. With poached uh, lobster. Yeah. yeah. And then they have uh, Chris Roman artichokes and whole branzino, which I'm a big fan of whole branzino. Yeah. So it's a really nice I menu. Too. I would definitely try the yellowfin tuna crudo. It looks good. It has like basil, lemon, olive oil. And grilled octopus. Which, grilled octopus, which is my I spot. love it, but, you know, I know people that will not eat octopus because it's a very intelligent creature. Okay. And they will not eat, eat it, creatures that are really intelligent. intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, Il Cervo, getting us at the Trade Hotel rooftop. Little Anne's take on it sounds really good. Definitely might have to check it out. Yeah, I have to say, I'm I'm really excited to go back. And mm -hmm. um, it is definitely a place to see and be seen. Cool. Coming up on this bite, we'll continue our conversation about the kind of uh, new changes that are happening at Buttermint Finer Dining. Of course, we'll have our conversation with Sherry Tran on Milwaukee's first ever Dumpling Fest happening June 4th. That's coming up on this bite. I'm 88.9 Story Zori. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And we are the hosts of Cinebuds. Yeah, we are. And on Cinebuds, we talk about movies. Flicks. Moving pictures, they are referred to as also. Talkies. Talkies is good, <laughs> yeah. And you can listen to us every week. On Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Or you can listen to the entire podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eye Wear. We're back on This Bites, Milwaukee's longest running culinary podcast. Ann Christensen, Milwaukee Magazine, Tariq here, Radio Milwaukee. Uh, stick around. We have a, a, a special uh, interview with Sherry Tran, the founder of Milwaukee's first Dumpling Fest happening on June 4th. Uh, can't wait to get into that. But right now, we've got some news about butter, mint, finer dining and cocktails making some changes there, Ann, right? Mm-hmm. Have you been to Buttermint? 
No, I have not. not. Okay, so um, Buttermint is this sort of, well, they call it finer dining. Mm -hmm. So they're they're trying to get away from that stuffy, uh, that stuffy kind of reputation that um, fine dining has. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the restaurant is owned by the same people who have um, Maxi's and Story Hill BKC as part of their portfolio. And um, it's, I really like it, but it is, um, it definitely is more, I would say, my impression is it's more of a high-end restaurant, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, if you're, if you want to appeal to um, diners that want consistently um, more casual items that have that, those options on your, on your menu, I think the changes that they're making are probably really a mm -hmm. great idea. So um, they just start adding some more, um, you know, more approachable if you're looking for more of a casual type of meal. Mm. They've taken a few things off the menu. Like, for instance, um, they would do this intermezzo course. Do you know what that is? Where they, you know, you get kind of like a palate cleanser. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, not as cultured as you, but yeah. So, so there they were doing like almost like a, um, like a, a liquid. It was a liquid intermezzo. So it was. I, I don't want to call it a juice, but that's kind of what it was. Malort. When I've been there, it was not malort. <laughs> that would be that would be hysterical, and I would have. <laughs> I would have said, by yes. no means would you change that. No, but so they're getting, they got rid of the intermezzo and um, I guess they had, they had, you know, bread service that you mm. would pay for yeah. and they've gotten rid of that. So they've added some more casual items on the menu um, and those include a spotted cow, battered cheese curds and house wings. Different flavors. They got the exo sauce. You know what exo sauce? Like I that, do. Yeah. yeah. Never seen that anywhere. Exo sauce wings in Milwaukee. Not on wings, no. no. It's expensive. You buy it, buy a bottle of the jar. They're Is not, it? It's not cheap. Yeah. I haven't. I have not bought it. Yeah. But I've been eating wings lately, and I've really been enjoying them. Really, you've been eating wings lately. I've been eating wings lately. Flats, lately. flats or drumettes. I was going to say the drum, the drumettes. You like the drumettes? I do because they have they have a lot of meat. They have more meat. But the flats have the better flavor. Well, you know, it kind of depends. Like, mm. if you get a n really nice dry rub on there, yeah, it's flats are treats. I don't know. You do know that a lot of places, what you normally or what you're gonna get are mm. the drummies. Yeah, like that tends to be the more frequently served part of the wing because they know the flats that people want. <laughs> because here's the thing: I'm from Atlanta, and from the South, flats are king. Is that right? Yeah. They don't really and even you, do drummies? They do or? drum ads, but here's how, how flats are so popular. You can go to a certain place in Atlanta. There's a couple places here that allow you to order only flats for a little extra surcharge. All flats. I wonder why you, you have to pay extra for it, though. I mean, because you're, you're kind of wasting the wing a little bit, I'm guessing. You take all the flats and some else get drums, maybe, because, you know, it's a balance. Hmm. Wow. I but don't yeah. know. I... I enjoy the because flats is like though. flats are like uh, thigh meat. Tasty. I am not saying I don't like flats. I do. Drumettes like are like chicken breasts. I like a mix. Drumettes are kind of like dry chicken breasts, and and uh, flats are like thighs, and they're more fun to eat. Wow, I hadn't even thought about the fun part yeah. of it. I mean, I think eating. I mean, fun? I think I think eating eating the flats are more romantic than drumettes. <laughs> 
Okay. What's your favorite dry rub and your favorite sauce? I do like garlic parmesan, lemon pepper are my my two tops. And I just learned about, I shared on Facebook, apparently there's an orange pepper seasoning. So I want to try making that. Orange pepper mm. things. I like a spicy dry rub. Yeah. And then I like to have, I mean, call me like basic, but I like ranch or blue cheese. I like ranch. Blue cheese is, tastes like farts. I love blue cheese. It tastes like farts. How do you know what that tastes like? When you smell a fart, <laughs> you know, your nose and t- taste buds are connected. Okay. Like factory sensors. Yeah. I don't like, my mom loves blue cheese. I, every time I try it, I'm like, dude. I, I don't think we've ever talked about blue cheese before because I don't yeah. remember you ever saying yeah, it's that. Just, I, I've tried it so many times. I was like, this is the most disgusting You probably thing. have never had Roquefort, which is really good yeah. and yeah, does like, not. I don't like blue cheese. Blue cheese is just, it's. it's oh, wow. I'd rather pour it. It sounds like it meant to be poured Pepto-Bismol to cure it. That's what it, <laughs> that's what it, you know, anyway. So they also have some sandwiches and other things. So the, the we'll post a link to their menu. New menu, which launched uh, yesterday. And finally, as promised, and I got a chance to sit down with Sherry Tran, founder mm-hmm. of Milwaukee's first ever Dumbly Fest happening June 4th. And uh, it was sold out. I know she was trying to get some tickets available. There might be some still tickets available, but I don't know yet. You might have to check the website. Okay. Where is it being held? It's going to be held at the Cooperage, June 4th. A lot of restaurants happening there. Uh, I'll give you some little uh, details of some of the restaurants taking part, making some dumplings. She calls it the website before I go. It's like Rapper's Delight. That's cute. You like the song Rapper, I, Dumpling Rappers. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So Dan Dan, Hot Dish Pantry, Heaven's Tables taking plat- part, The Diplomat, Similina, MKE, uh, The Outsider, Troublemakers, Cocina uh, are some of the restaurants taking part in the Dumpling Fest in June 4th from 12 p.m. to 2.30 p.m., and without further ado, uh, I'll let y'all check out this really cool interview with Sherry Tran for the first ever Milwaukee Dumpling Fest on This Bites. This is Wisconsin's first Dumpling Fest, right? Well, I guess so, yeah. I know Madison didn't do one, right? No, I don't think so. So we're here to talk about the Dumpling Fest, but also just have a conversation about dumplings, dim sum, and see where it goes. So Sherry... First, tell me, why the Dumpling Fest? Why Dumpling Fest? Well, first of all, I love dumplings, right? I think everybody loves dumplings. And, you know, this was a dream of mine for a long time to pull together an an event around dumplings because I feel like dumplings are such a an international food, like every culture has a dumpling. And, you know, I've worked in diversity and inclusion my entire career. And so it seemed like a good symbol of bringing people together wrapped in dough. You know? mm. So every culture has a dumpling. Every culture loves uh, a dumpling. And so what better way to demonstrate and show my love of food and love of diversity than having a festival that brings together all these different cultures that have dumplings into under one roof uh, and celebrating it together. Cool. So talk about who's involved at this festival mm-hmm. and what they're going to be doing. Sure. So the event is being sponsored by Elevation which is an organization that is focused on elevating the visibility of our AAPI community in Milwaukee. Um, So it's a way to celebrate, you know, dumplings are typically an Asian food or thought Mm -hmm. of as an Asian food, but trying to spread that love and the um, honoring the dumpling across all different cultures. So this event is going to bring together chefs from all across Milwaukee, 
um, to take their spin on on a mm-hmm. dumpling um, and competing for the title of Milwaukee's favorite dumpling. So there'll be voting? There will be voting, both public and judged. Judges. Mm-hmm. So who are the judges? The judges that we have this year include everyone's favorite former judge, Derek Mosley. Why? <laughs> he loves dumplings and you know what? He's everywhere. Like you, 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 He's you, the law of we food, need a, we, right? need a, we need another person. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> that's this guy, Tariq. You're pointing I, at yourself right, right now. Like Derek Mosley gets everything, man. I'm he just, does, but you know but what? Anyway. He's 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 got that credibility, you know. He's got the law on his side, right? You know, fair, balanced judge. (laughs) Um, And we also have uh, Representative Francesca Hong from Madison is one of our judges. Of course, she owns her own restaurant, but also you know brings that Asian culture to the table as well. And then our co-host for the event, Adam Public, is going to be also one of our judges as well. Okay, name some of the restaurants who's going to be taking place in this. So we've got a whole wide gamut of restaurants involved. Ranging from James Beard winner, the diplomat, oh, uh, Dame Baldwin, oh, uh, and his kind of are going to be involved. Do you know what dumplings are? Not yet, not oh, yet. They're okay. they're going to send those uh, those details into us later this this coming week, so we'll be able to put those together. But still a secret right now. Um, to uh, ind- independent entrepreneurs like uh, Asian Cuisine Quinn, who who has her own catering business and cooking classes, she is doing. She did share that she is going to do a, a type of wonton soup okay. dumpling. So she's uh, going to be participating. We've got uh, the original is participating. Uh, uh, Vinnie Cornelza, who is mm. uh, the owner of that restaurant, has a love of dumplings, and he's decided to do kind of a Viet Cajun spin. On Ooh. dumplings that he's shared. I love the occasion. Right, right. Um, and we've got uh, participants like um, um, Heaven's Table Barbecue hmm. is going to come in as well. Jason Alston has a passion for cooking Asian food. You know, he started out working mm. uh, in an Asian restaurant as well. And so he is uh, going to bring a spin on Asian barbecue type spin mm. to the dumpling as well. So we're really excited about that also. And this is taking place when? This is taking place on June 4th, which is a Sunday, and is going to be held at the Cooperage right down in Walker's Point. But it's sold out, right? It is sold out, but we have worked out with our, you know, our chefs in our venue that we may be releasing a few more tickets very soon. So okay. stay tuned. If you are on Instagram following MKE Dumpling Fest on Instagram, we'll be announcing it there. Let's talk about dumplings. Sure. You know, you know, we both love dumplings. We both love dim sum. I mean, we always said why Milwaukee hasn't had a dim sum restaurant. Right. And I've been trying to get an answer for that. People say, well, there's a dim sum restaurant, but it's, 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 it's really, takeout. You know, it's, it's takeout. not quite the experience. Why do you think Milwaukee hasn't? I mean, Madison has a dim sum restaurant. Yes, they do. It's also sit down. It's not quite the experience. Card, but it's sit down. Cards, and get yeah. mm-hmm. But why is, I mean, I've been here 16 years and I lived in Minneapolis and I, we went, it was almost like every other week we had right. dim sum. There's like, you know, a handful of dim sum in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. There's even some in, in Montgomery, Alabama. Right. Why is Milwaukee? Why do you think Milwaukee being so close to Chicago, snare between Madison, it has not permeated. We have gotten 30,000 poke restaurants. <laughs> right. Why, why? Why can't we get a dim sum? It, it is it is a tough question. It's a really great question. One that I ask myself all the time and we kind of debate this every once in a while, Tariq. But I don't know if it has to do with just like having a critical mass of, of folks to help keep a restaurant that open because it is a lot of labor and a mm. lot of of uh, volume that you have to have to make a successful dim sum restaurant work. But it's also the talent that you need to actually create the dim sum. Mm. Like homemade dim sum is mm. very labor intensive. I know you've tried to do it yeah. at home. I've tried to do it. At home. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's very hard to master. So like the talent around, you know, the chefs that you need uh, to keep a restaurant like that afloat is is kind of hard to find as well. But you know what? We're going to keep trying. Right. We're going to yeah. keep planting those seeds. Somebody's going to bite and follow our yeah. business plan and help us open. I guess, a dim sum restaurant I guess someday. somebody in Chicago like, hey, maybe I just expand to Milwaukee or something. Just like maybe just start out like one day a week, one yeah. day a month, something like get that, get that every, appetite. Started. When I was in D.C. or anywhere for on a Sunday dim sum, if there's a line out the door. Right. All types of people. Yeah. Like this is their brunch. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was thinking like what we need is make it like a Packer theme during it. Like <laughs> TV screens Sports and beer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be the ticket to get the population mm -hmm. to the dim sum. Yeah, I think there's enough people that are really interested in this. I mean, thinking about how Dumpling Fest sold out within five days. You so know, that it, says the demand. Quickly. There is a demand for dumplings, right? So I think there is a hunger. Mm. pun intended, for <laughs> for dim sum out there, right? So I think we just need to have the right model. So what is your favorite dumpling type of dumpling? Oh, goodness. My favorite dumpling. I do enjoy uh, uh, shrimp and chive dumplings. So the hargao mm. with the crystal uh, crystal um, wrapper. Oh. Those are probably some of my favorites. But I also really love it's It's dim sum. It's not dumpling per se, but the... Um, Shrimp fun rolls, they call them. So they're rice rolls mm. that oh, the are right, with the, the sweet soy, soy on top. Yeah. yeah. Where's your favorite place to get dumplings, whether it's Milwaukee or beyond? You know, in Milwaukee, we're lucky to have a couple of places that have really great uh, dumplings. I do enjoy going to Momo Mi. Their soup dumplings are great. I can go through several trays of those <laughs> just by myself on a rainy day. Um, but there's a couple of new ones that opened as well. So um, Dumpling House in Elm Grove, Curry and Momo House. Wait, wait, wait. There's a new one called Dumpling House? There's a place called Dumpling House on in Elm Grove. It, it was the Yakoso or Yamamoto's. It was a sushi place. Okay. It still has sushi, but now it also has a dumpling menu. And they oh, do wow. steam, they do soup dumplings there as well. And they're, they're pretty good, very comparable to Momo Mi. Mm. Uh, very good. But they also have other dumplings as well. Um, Curry and Momo House just opened in Glendale uh, just a couple months ago. They're going to be participating in Dumpling Fest as well. So they're bringing the Nepalese Himalayan mm, flavor yeah. dumplings to the table. Um, went there just last week and it was delicious. But yeah, there there are a lot of options for dumplings in town here. What about, so you make that, you, you make them. What's the favorite type of dumplings you like to make? Well, I actually, my favorite things to make are actually bao. bao? I like to make bao. I've never made bao. Yeah. I made I mean, I, I I was getting good at Haugau and I mm -hmm. stopped and then I tried going back during a pandemic and I cheated because you, you show you how you got to roll it in a circle. Mm -hmm. I just roll it thin and took a cookie cutter. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got I, like, because I'm watching the video. I'm like, eh, it's, it's all oblong. And, and then another dumpling I love, my favorite is the taro fried dumpling taro. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I tried making that and I had a deep fryer. So I had it all wrapped mm -hmm. up. It was pretty. Dumped it in. Fell apart. Fell apart. <laughs> it, it tasted good. I pulled it out. Those are those are one of my favorite uh, dim sum items as well. The taro puffs are, yeah. are delicious. I, I can eat up. I, I can have a bucket of those mm -hmm. and just like, munch mm -hmm. on them. And I was so it tasted like it did, but like right when the shape all hit the, the oil, all, all the crispy bits came apart. <laughs> everything, the whole dumpling just fell apart. I don't know what I did. I mean, it was too much water in there. I don't know what I could do. I mean, it's so much skill it in a lot is. of the dumplings. You it know? is so hard just getting the pleats right as well uh, and keeping it sealed. Oh plate. my goodness, my dumplings were not pretty, but they tasted good. Yeah. Right, so half my, the battle. I'm terrible at pleats. Even <laughs> my fingers. I'm like I'm sitting there going. Eh, eh. I'm watching nah, nah, YouTube nah, nah. videos, trying to figure it out. I take a fork. Yeah. They just make it look so easy. <laughs> yeah. They make it look so easy. It's like, <laughs> Jan can't cook. Have you seen that video of him doing uh, the dumpling? It was like just, mm -hmm. it was yep. just like, his, you couldn't even see his hands. Right. 
So you're you're going to be a co-host for us at Dumpling Festival. I might be a co-host. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to have you yeah. and your expertise. And yeah, your I'm, I'm working on my schedule <laughs> and probably 99% I'll be a co-host for awesome. the event. Awesome. So. We'd be glad to have you. So what's 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 your goals here? Are you, what are you trying to make this like the? Are you trying to grow this? Or are you trying to keep it the same size? You trying to make this like a thing where people tour and come to the city? <laughs> you know, so what we're doing at this dumpling fest is we're awarding like Milwaukee's favorite dumpling, mm. and we have we have this traveling trophy. We called it the Golden Gyoza Trophy. I saw that. that is going to be you know one of those uh, you know defending champion kind of opportunities. So if you win the Golden Gyoza this year, you're going to be invited to come back and defend win that title time. in the next year. So we do hope that this is going to be a repeat event. We we had a lot of people begging like, oh, I, we sold out. Can you get more tickets? Can we get more tickets? Because we wanted to keep it manageable and and accessible, mm -hmm. right? This year, we didn't want it to be like too crowded where people mm -hmm. were waiting too long for a dumpling or that they couldn't get through um, all the stations. So we wanted to make sure it was manageable. So mm -hmm. we capped it at about, you know, 250. Um, but we are thinking about increasing that a little bit um, for capacity, but still mm. maintaining the integrity of having yeah. it a great event for mm. people. Um, and not only are we going to have dumplings there, we're going to have vendors there too. Uh, Asian vendors, um, some Asian bakers are going to mm. be there um, doing things like Korean corn dogs, um, taiyaki. Um, they're going to be doing... Um, uh, mochi donuts uh, and mm. boba and like, you know, bubble tea, all those things are going to be available for purchase as well to cap off some of the savory treats with mm. some sweet treats. Uh, you mentioned Elevation uh, as a great group doing amazing things. Talk more about uh, some of the other events that y'all plan and sure. do. Sure. So we did a lot of events this year. A lot of them, you know, Fortunately, revolving around food, right? We hosted the third annual Milwaukee Restaurant Week, Asian Restaurant Week, which was just a great way to highlight restaurants and businesses that are Asian owned or Asian focused in the community to get people out there trying something new, expanding their horizons, their culinary horizons, and also learning a little bit more about the culture, starting with, you know, it's always a good entry point, starting with the food right? Mm, yeah. and get to learn about and get curious about other cultures. We've partnered with Milwaukee Film on a couple of events mm. this year as well. We did had a uh, trivia night that, you know, gave people the chance to win Dumpling Fest mm. tickets as well as other prizes, but also learn a little bit more mm. about Asian culture. And we did a mini film festival featuring some of Michelle Yeoh's earlier films mm -hmm. and also a monsoon wedding was shown as well. Um, and we also, you know, we we partnered with the Marquette Lubar Center for an Asian Heritage Month dinner that was super successful. A great opportunity, again, to talk about the Asian food pathways into the mm. United States. Um, so that know, was a really funny fun. story. Like <clears throat> people ask me, how did you get like because, you know, I cook a lot of specifically Korean food. Mm -hmm. And people always ask, where did that come from? But most people don't know. My goddaughter is Korean. And um, I was eating my best friend. He's in Korea now. His wife is native born. He was born in the Chicago area. But we knew each other since middle school mm -hmm. in Georgia. I was having kimchi, like, in the, like, was it probably early 90s, late late 80s, before, like, most people, he took me down. Have you you've been you've been in Atlanta, right? I'm yeah. Saying, yeah. Buford yeah. Highway. Mm -hmm. So we used to be the Buford Highway's farmers market. It was used most back when I was there. It was just a Korean store, right? And now it's like an international kind of space. And he just took me everywhere. We did, he took me all these places. So I got and and his family kind of embraced me into the culture way before it became kind of you know a hot thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's most people never know know that. And that's mm -hmm. why I was like. I make my own kimchi. I make mandu dumplings, and like uh, my my That's favorite great. Korean dish is like uh, gabi tang, which gabi is a short, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, we love to feed people, mm -hmm. right? That's how we show love and care. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure you're eating and you're fed and you're satisfied. So um, a lot of these events is kind of that olive branch. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, come have some food, you know, and and learn a little bit about us along the way. Get to know us um, and get involved, Mm -hmm. you know. So Elevation has been really um, successful in being that entry point for a lot of people to learn about Asian Mm -hmm. culture. And we're hoping to to grow that more. So hopefully, you know, Dumpling Fest will get bigger and better next year. That's great. One well, little story I want to share. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad always tells this. So, so Montgomery has a huge Korean population because of the uh-huh. Hyundai plant. And so I want to make uh, a Korean meal for my parents. This, I don't know when it was like seven years ago or something when they were in Alabama. So he took me to a, a, a market and the lady sees me. Oh, hey. Well, you know. Then I go, Han Young Haseo. And she mm-hmm. goes, <laughs> she's and I ask for these ingredients uh-huh. and stuff. And she's like, grabs my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she goes like, "What do you do? You wanna? You should come work at the restaurant." <laughs> Food is such a great connector, yeah, right? Yeah. It is. We're so she, like proud her of eyes it. just like lit up. Yeah. Gave me a hug and stuff. Like I just met her, right? Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, I you know she was just taken aback. But mm-hmm. yeah, so food just, is so important yeah. to our culture. When somebody else embraces it, mm-hmm. it's like hugging you, you yeah. know. So it is just such like you're part of the family now. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you for coming down and congratulations on a, 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 an amazing event that people are excited about yes. and bringing really unique culture. And I, I love the fact that you brought up the fact that dumpling is an international food, even though it's associated with Asian cuisine, mm-hmm. but it's all over. Yeah. You know, like every continent except for Antarctica has a type <laughs> they, of they dumpling. Might. We just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it might be whale, whale dumpling. I want to share an article with you. There's, <clears throat> there's a magazine I love comes out quarterly called Bitter, Bitter Southerner. Mm-hmm. And the latest issue, they have a whole issue about spaghetti, international spaghetti. Right. How immigrant culture embraced spaghetti with their own unique flavors. Yeah. They were like going through, they listed all these type of spaghettis from different cultures. And right. that, that made me thought of the, when you talk about the dumplings, mm-hmm. how the spaghetti became kind of the thing that connected people. So they took their flavors and yeah. so it was everything. There was Pakistani spaghetti, Ethiopian spaghetti. And it was a really great feature piece. I would love to share with you. Yeah, but, that's yeah. awesome. And I do love like the Filipino style spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Jollibee, that's always a good one too. Why can we get a Jollibee? I want a Jollibee too. Is there a Jollibee in Chicago? Yes. There is? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Sherry. And I uh, look forward to uh, wrapping it with wrapping you. Wrapping it up. <laughs> at dumpling, a dumpling fest. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. You just heard our interview with Sherry Tran of Milwaukee's first ever dumpling fest. Again, want to hear the rest of the podcast you know what to do head over to our website at radiomilwaukee.org or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts spotify npr anywhere else remember feedback's important so please rate and review and this bite is edited and produced by kiri selinas with support from our membership and as always and stay hungry and keep the malort cold have a great weekend Ann. you too <laughs>